All right, and we're back. Code changing, Kelly. This is season three, episode three. Uh, and Julie is code changing. Uh, she, she. I don't even know what to think of this. What the heck? How you doing? Has your code never changed? I mean, I feel like I drip drop naturally. <laughs> oh my god! Why already? Why so early? Wow! All right, so this is where the show's going today. Okay. Okay. So yes, season three, episode three. Can you even believe we're this far in our recap of Difficult People? No. A show on Hulu. Basically, the original show on Hulu. Thank you very much. Yeah, um, it's almost over. And not that we had anything to do with it, but we are recapping it. <laughs> and I feel like it's our baby and we're almost done. Um, mm -hmm. Kelly, I'm going to do my best. And I know you're great at this through your PR work. Um, a publicist to the stars, Kelly is. <laughs> um, I think we're going to try by the end of it to maybe get some type of like a writer or one of the, the, the guest stars or uh, stars rather of the show to come to come hang with us. So that'll be something. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. Maybe, maybe. Okay, maybe. Kelly, I want to start the show. I want to get right into this episode because we had Ruckle at her best. Oh my goodness, the great Jackie Hoffman was giving it to us. We have Nate in a band. I never noticed how cute as F his band name was because they were all restaurateurs. Yeah. Um, you just had a lot of stuff. But before we do the episode, Kelly, if it's okay with you, uh, actually, you could take it away. Um, we are brought to you as rickety as this show is by <laughs> da, 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 viridianrow.com. Kelly, take it away on what's a, yes, what's a, what's a viridian? Viridianrow.com. <laughs> so Viridian Row is, the, is a sister owned brand that uh, started out online and now has their first brick and mortar store. The store has been open for about six months in Liberty Hill, Texas, which is just out um, northwest of Austin. So it's right outside of the big ATX. So if you're out and about for South by Southwest, definitely um, take a little road trip north and come and see them. They have like such cute stuff. It's handmade stuff. They refurbish antique furniture. They do graphic tees, movie quotes, as we talk about a lot, are their, um, their main uh they're the highlight of their inventory. <laughs> it's it's really fun. I, I it's saw something some, that they have at the store. Something that they have in the some store. Some t-shirts. Really so, <laughs> yeah. Me and my sister always like spoke in movie quotes, and so these movie quote shirts are perfect for that. We I love them. Uh, and then oh, there's also fair, like vintage stuff and. Fair yeah. notice. Me and my brother used to talk in Freddie Prince Jr. movie quotes, except <laughs> for the most popular one. Except for what's the one um, with Rachel Lee Cook? What's that one called? Oh, she's all that. Except that one. We were really? we were too cool. We had to do Down to You. We had to oh, do down Boys to and you. Girls. You know, Down yeah. to You was my the very first DVD I ever bought. Fun fact. <laughs> I believe it. We're old as shit. Yes. If I were to think about my first cassette or CD, that's a that is another show for another time. Yes, it is the future of difficult podcasters. We're gonna kind of like really start breaking into like, you know what? We're over thirty seven years old. Our backs are hurt. <laughs> we're pissed off. <laughs> I'm having grumpy. a hard time sitting in this stool right now. So, <laughs> and we were raised by like shows like Melrose Place and movies like Saint Almost Fire. So get used to it because that's the future. Um. Viridianrow.com. Show them love because they're the only reason we do this shitty show. Okay, thanks. Uh, <laughs> Kelly, what do you think? Season three, episode three. What were your thoughts? 
I mean, I think that there's no better place to go look for a power outlet than first walking into a church, having no luck, and then going to an AA meeting. I mean, why not? She is so, such. I mean, we love Julie, but she's our piglet. I mean, not piglet in a chubby way, because, you know, I'm a piglet myself, but she's she's just like a, just a selfish human being. Like, ah, how could she do that? I mean, ah. Uh, just selfish. Well, right? I mean, she made the most of the meeting and, you know, it actually resonated with her that she feels like she is addicted to Marilyn. Oh, and her mother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's addicted to her mom. So she calls her mom. Um, uh, what does she call it? The drink. The drink is calling when her mom calls. <laughs> and who better to lead that AA meeting than Rosie O'Donnell? <laughs> Which I love Rosie's <laughs> character. Yeah. I liked her character because she said, Oh, well, actually, no, Julie was like, no, no, I'm good. Like, you know, like I'm, I'm complete. Like I have a boyfriend and then it ended up being like, oh, that's no, he's gay. He's not your boyfriend. And then he, and then Julie's like, no, no, don't worry. My boyfriend is much more gay than him, (laughs) which is true. Arthur really, really is, which is so fun. A little more feminine. Mm -hmm. Can I tell you that? I think it is interesting that, um, and I hope I'm not doing this in vain. I actually had uh, conversations with one of my roommates who had, you know, um, you know, dealt with, uh, I guess, alcohol, uh, you know, like addiction, right? I was like, one time telling him I'm fascinated by, and I'm not trying to be in vain by any means, like I'm fascinated by the steps, because although Julie in this episode kind of applied it to something else, they really do have some really good structural, do I, do I, do I sound like I'm being mean about it? Like I'm like washing off no, real- the way that they go about getting over the addiction is I mean, very helpful. And it's a lot of self-reflection and it's looking into yourself to figure out why you are addicted to this substance. And, you know, no, I, you know, find it very fascinating that they've narrowed it down to such a structure that works and it works for, it works for a lot of people. And, you know, although Julie was using it for a different, a different means, I mean, the basics of it are pretty similar to be able to take responsibility for yourself and why you feel the need to, you know, give in to these, you know, certain vices, right. With her vice being her mother, her mother. (laughs) Sadly, ironically, the first time I started thinking about this was, uh, I used to be a pretty big Whitney Cummings fan. <laughs> I feel like her humor has lost it, lost, I mean, a, a little during the pandemic, but I would hear her talk about all the steps and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so smart. And it would be so helpful because even if we don't have alcoholic addiction or an addiction of a substance, we really are addicted to things and lifestyles and you know, so uh, I was trying to find a way to say it without being rude and like passing it off like it's not a big deal. Well, no, it's definitely there's an appreciation for the steps and the willpower that it takes to go through a program that way and, mm-hmm. and like that. And I think that's what you mean, right? That is what I mean. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Um, okay, and what are your thoughts on Marilyn and maybe people in your family or even just friends who it's nice because you like when you get codependent like that, like, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I was going to ask you what you thought in, in regards to like, you were this gal who was in your early twenties and you moved to LA. So you kind of cut a lot of any aspects of codependency. Cause you literally up and put yourself in another, in another city. Right. What does that feel like when you get back with people and codependency? Like, does it, does that happen naturally? Cause I sometimes wonder about it myself, my seven years in New York, it's like, being well, I think eight. we just we just swapped family for work, right? 
So we became codependent on work and then we became addicted to working a lot. And also, I wasn't I a good worker the whole time. <laughs> no, I mean, I think you're a really good worker the whole time, but I think it's also a space filler for, you know, the other things. Cause I think just, you know, like the American culture in general, it's like work, 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 work. Right. And I think that, you know, you and I can kind of, you know, take that to an extreme sometimes. And we have to kind of, you know, I, I know I'm definitely recognizing it in myself to have to take a step back and actually, you know, you know, I look back and although I was, you know, technically like alone in LA with no family, nothing like that. I just had my friends that I replaced my family with just working all the time. You're right. I remember board hopping, which is at the radio station running the switchboards Mm -hmm. um, on Thanksgiving. And then I remember doing an overnight shift in Bakersfield, California, because that was the only place I could be on air the day after Christmas when all the family was together. Why would I do such things like this? Like, you're right. When you are, well, that, uh, it's, uh, seeing this makes us have to look at ourselves. You know what I mean? Like, and it's not, it's not a pretty picture that at one time we were these 20 year olds who were like, I could do anything, but should we have been? No. So there was an addiction there actually. Because it's finding the right balance. It's finding the right balance between, you know, work and life. And that's what I still struggle with now with all the new ventures and things that I'm doing is trying to, you know, have the day end at a reasonable hour and not being so consumed with having to answer emails at all hours of the day and all that, but putting myself on a, okay, this is me time. And people talk about that a lot and you think, oh, whatever, that's stupid. You know, shit's got to get done. But I mean, does it at the detriment of yourself? And that's kind of what we're seeing in this episode is that, you know, all the things that Marilyn's going through and then Julie, you know, as selfish as each one of them are, the codependency they have on each other is interesting. It's like, although Julie might hate it, I feel like she kind of needs someone needing her even to be able to say no. Mm. You know what I mean? And say then, that again? Wait. Like, Julie- I feel like... She likes Julie. being annoyed by this situation. Yes. It gives her purpose. Yeah. Yes. I kind of feel like that because she's flailing in so many other ways. So yeah. this is a constant, right? And she has a little bit more control over it because she can say yes and she can say no. And although she's guilted, she has more control over it than she does her like career. And Arthur just seems to be so easy for her. Look at the freaking therapy that comes with this show <laughs> because I, I'm thinking about a couple people, which I will not name who have turned into feeding off of that help or that, that connection with, with like somebody. So Julie to Marilyn, where as long as you have that, there's this chaos that you're fixing. Well, what happens when, when that is detached, then are you okay? You might not be, but you always had an excuse, didn't you? Didn't you? Mm -hmm. So, um, and when the excuse is gone, what are you going to (laughs) do? I I personally like to see Marilyn needy. That's the only thing I will say is I like seeing Marilyn needy. She gives bad advice. She told, she told, um, she was, she was at her session and she told one of her patients, uh, to, I suppose to go do the Danny Ayalo, (laughs) the exact same, uh, meditation that did not work for her daughter. Um, so that extorted her daughter. (laughs) Yeah. An unraveling Marilyn is very good. Uh, I mean, her dentist is cutting her bangs when she's under anesthesia. Now that part, I won't say is as superficial. That was actually very good because you know, Marilyn deserves to be this petty. And you know, I'll say this too. We've seen Marilyn's house so many times, Mm -hmm. but this was the episode I got jealous of it. And I'm going to tell you why, because it's 
freaking beautiful. First of all, of course, we know that. But I was like, you're this good that you have enough time to be all in your daughter's business. Apparently, your husband's somewhere, <laughs> but you're fine with it. And you have enough time to look and see if maybe your hair has been, you know, out of place. Like, that's the kind of rich money that I want where I could find those fine point problems. I want to complain about my personal shopper pulling boxy clothes for me. Well, yeah, I mean that you better not do that. You personal shopper pieces S. (laughs) But I mean, can I have a personal shopper to complain about? I mean, come on. (laughs) Yeah, it was too much. It was too much. She shouldn't have called. Well, I mean, it's just the codependency, Marilyn, you know, yeah. yeah, I mean, Marilyn feels always like she's giving her advice, but no, it turns out she's really not only doing that. Yeah. She's also being, you know, needy and pulling from Julie too. Um, mm-hmm. Pulling, pushing and punching. <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts of code, the code changing? You code said changing, it's a real thing. Code changing is a thing. Tell me, I, about, tell me about the ways yeah. of the vag. Tell me. Well, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, you know, she can get bored. You got to change some stuff up. So although it's, you know, and I think Julie was a little (laughs) bit contradictory saying, you know, it's the same all the time. It's, you know, like it's not a circuit board and whatever. And no, it isn't. But also, I mean, who likes the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over again. Right. Mm. I mean, guys certainly don't. That's why they're, you know, sticking their things in other places that they're not supposed to because they get bored. So I don't think that's personal, though. I don't think that's personal. Mm -hmm. That's a whole nother conversation. No, I mean, I don't think it's personal. I don't think it's, but Mm. that's that's what I'm saying. It's like, so if the body's not reacting, something needs to change, right? No matter which way, however you handle it. So, I mean, but to have the open conversation to be able to talk about it or to figure out that's what's happening and see how you can change it up, I think is a good, you know, healthy sexual thing with your partner i feel overwhelmed for arthur because he already (laughs) had this moment earlier on where he knows that she watches films (laughs) that Mm -hmm. have a lot of extras and participants Mm -hmm. right right he what or he has the magazines that are more of the vibe of of julie herself so he Mm -hmm. already has this like trying to catch up to her her fantasy so i could imagine him being just completely messed up and he was messed up he took it to work um it became an issue with his job you know he has to teach the older uh you know the older employee who've been there for 30 years some new software or whatever and it's like we'll see and there's the parallel right yeah the new software (laughs) so it's like exactly the same thing the other guy wasn't getting it arthur wasn't getting it so you know it kind of like the parallels and those storylines but something that's so awesome about the writing of this show because it's you know two things that go hand in hand that are completely different from the other yeah i like (laughs) i like the way matthew got all excited and lola (laughs) And and uh, pushed him to the ground. (laughs) Grabbed his neck and threw him. Yeah. (laughs) I just like how excited he is. Like he bounces right back up and he talks about, well, you know what my code is? It's a this and a yank and a punch. And it's just like these people are so freaking funny. Well, he says his code changes every day. So see, coach change. (laughs) Yeah. And and of course, Billy is never into hearing anything like that. He's always just, I don't want to hear nothing about what Matthew does on his spare time. he says sometimes it's a couple of toes <laughs> yeah Ooh, the oh, that Matthew. <laughs> this, the, these diner scenes are really good a couple episodes ago we had our friend dorinda um who does a uh, relationship uh, coaching and stuff she was like yeah one of my favorite things about difficult people and we we sometimes you and i forget to it, it's that it's that diner that diner stuff is, is some of the funner funnier scenes by far mm-hmm. 
you know. No, it definitely is. There's a lot of great conversations that happen in there and they're so quick. Like you have to pay attention. So, you know, you blink and you miss them, but mm-hmm. they're like, everything is, you know, so strategically placed in the episode, which just makes it so much more fun. Yeah. All ran by Denise and Nate. Oh, sorry. (laughs) All ran by Denise and Nate, and Nate Nate's getting into the band. So, watch out. Yeah, and I like Matthew's solution to that. Just give your adopted baby back and focus on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Julie's not (laughs) the only one selfish here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So going back real quick, though, what would you do if you were in the Julie situation and your Arthur was not figuring it out? What do you do? Do you really? What do you want to, like, I don't know. How do you handle that? Well, for me, when I've ever been in a similar situation, I kind of not like guide. Because oh. I feel like it's, you know, not every guy is secure enough to be able to handle having a straight up conversation about it. Right. Mm-hmm. So you just kind of guide when it's happening. Kind of like the old, shift. She's, the, she's the old lawnmower. <laughs> shift. Shift. Kind of, you know push oh. and like with your butt, you know, just okay. kind of navigate things a little, you know, a little or do something a little different. And then, mm. you know, you, you'll get the kind of like, oh, and then, and then, then they kind of go with it. Very so good. I think, but you have to be willing to do that, which Julie never is. She's just like, whatever, I'll handle it myself. She never wants to be bothered. Right. She never oh, wants to no, be bothered no. doing anything yeah. else. Well, because but, it, it becomes a whole planning situation. Well, that's that's not romantic at all. That's no. like or, or lusty at all. That's that's a what they make the joke. They're like, oh, it's 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 the hour. Uh, it's a uh, you know scheduled at this time, like the runtime right. of a movie. It's it's so clinical at that point. <laughs> right. And so you never wanted to feel that way. So it's like if you try to subtly kind of just shift and move and guide and whatever. I think it's kind of like you're giving the hint of kind of what you're wanting and whatever. And I think that both people should kind of do the same, like, you know, just kind of, you know, see, see where things go. And as you get more secure in those areas, you know, then you can hopefully have those open conversations where it isn't weird. Well, there you you have it. Moment though. Kelly says, throw that ass back, baby. (laughs) And this episode was brought to you like, wait, hold on. Let me try this. (laughs) This episode was brought to you by viridianroad.com where all conversations are available. Oh, we have fun. We have so much fun. We have so much fun. Um, What are your thoughts on Billy connecting with Ruckle in such a way? Oh my gosh. It was just so much goodness with Jackie Hoffman. She's got the neighbor that's, you know, completely not understanding of what's going on. Totally freaks her out. She starts yelling at the neighbor. Um, but this is, I mean, we don't get a lot of Ruckle, not enough, but I mean, right. this, I, I mean, geez, but this episode, shut the fuck up. I mean, shut oh, the yeah. fuck up. Yeah. Like, well, it's good no, to see that hilarious. little, it's good to see that little bit of vulnerability from her and then yes. back to her. Cause she was really scared. She and was I, really scared. And I love that she, you know, she reaches out to Billy, like, you know, and she's like, you selfish ass, you, you know, what are, what are you going to do? Some loser convention? What do you have to do? Like, you know, <laughs> But he was needed and she did. I mean, she was worried about, you know, like the spirit, like the the Dybbuk, the demon, you know, the, yeah. the, the, the Kukui, if you will. Yes. <laughs> like, it's, I it's, mean, and that's so funny. It's like my aunt is, is 
you know, our family is very, very spiritual and, you know, very believing in ghosts and all that stuff. So we would, you know, go run to the same conclusion. Like, you mm. know, there's a demon in downstairs. There's definitely a ghost here or something. There's no logical explanation. It has to be a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> like, you if know, it, there's always these interesting experiences. So to listen to her kind of having that same thing and Billy's like, oh yeah, whatever. And then he hears a noise and actually goes to investigate, which I'll give it to Billy. He he went to investigate. He didn't just be like, sorry, I'm not dealing with that. Call somebody else. Yeah. Well, you know, Bill, we've always said Billy's a good guy. You know, we just get a lot of the grumpy moments just because we're navigating this tough journey, you know. Um, right. One of the vulnerable moments of Ruckle where she gets... Um, She's kind of chewing Billy out, though, and they're kind of going back and forth. I don't remember what he said, but I like the way she was like, or no, he goes, well, we, oh, my parents hated you. Because, oh, because she was taking some low blows. She was like, yeah. well, if your parents were here, they'd hate you for this or whatever, and the man you became. And then he's like, let's just, just my parents hated you. And then she says something like, oh, well, you know, I'm, I am I married him. And, and, and I took oh, one for the team. I took one for the team. <laughs> they just didn't want him to be a virgin. Um, and now it's your turn to take one for the team. Yeah. Oh, so good. It was so good. Um, she's great. And she he is, did. He took one for the team because he goes down and investigates and finds Gary living under the stairs because he got kicked out of the army. Yeah. Yeah. And I love his uh, innocence. I, lo I love gary's innocence in the situation and i mean he wanted he really just wanted to be the hero ruckle's always really rough on him so he just yeah. wanted to be the hero and you know billy found a way to step in i guess the conclusion as you were saying how everything's threaded together is that sometimes these people that are pulling so much from us do give us a little bit of our reason and our purpose and it is nice to i mean in life you got to help a lot of people you might as well help the people that you really love and care about even though things get tough you know Billy don't really like them, but they are, they are his only aspect of family. So I'm glad he was there in that way. Um, what do you think, uh, Kelly, about them trying to get rid of the Dybbuk and they found a way to do so by way of getting a bunch of men together and, you know, in, in prayer and that would basically alleviate the well, situation. Well, they staged the exorcism to kind of get this, you know, this bad demon out. You use the E word? Oh, see, Kelly <laughs> likes a lot of this. When we did our Halloween episode, you made me watch, what movie did you make me watch? Which was, it, came, it has not went away. What'd you make me watch? The Annabelle? Oh, <laughs> this is Kelly's territory, actually. Well, <laughs> you know, adjacent. Um, you like this shit a lot. Kelly's the type I'm of like so summons them. I'm so fascinated by it. Like I'm so fascinated by it. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I, no. I genuinely am. I'm super fascinated by it. <laughs> you, have you ever been to, don't they say New Orleans has a lot of that vibe too? You should go over there. Oh, I have. Yes. <laughs> and we had, yeah, no, I've spent a lot of time in, in New Orleans and um, the only real experience that we had was we stayed at this, we went in December for my birthday, the most recently, like a few years ago. And it was me, it was like a mother daughter trip. So me and my mom went with my aunt and my cousin and we all stayed in this one hotel that was, was one of the oldest hotels in New Orleans and come to find out later, um, there was a ghost story attached to that hotel that there were housemaids that used to come into each room was before there were heating systems and put hot coals under the beds, like mm. in between the mattresses to keep the guests warm. <laughs> so our experience was we almost like had heat stroke because it got so hot in the rooms at night we had to open and it was freezing outside. Mm. 
and it was super cold outside, but we had to open the patio door because it was so hot, Mm. but the thermostat didn't change. It was just so hot in there. So that's supposedly was the night, the, the, you know, attendance coming in to warm us up. So we wouldn't be cold. I'll question you with a lot of things. I'll push back on a lot of things. This I will let you have because I'm as scaredy cat as Ruckle was in this episode where I'm like, Billy, come help me. <laughs> I don't, this is not for me. This is for you. Uh, I mean, they were trying to make sure we didn't freeze to death. I am not, I, don't... I guess so. I'm not even talking about it. Um, I did think it was cute though. So when they were trying to assemble all these guys together, they kind of went and just kind of piled up on some of the, the generalizations that mm-hmm. would be on a basic, uh, like a Jewish version of Tinder. And they're just like piling up all of these different attributes, which I thought was really funny. And it's good to see them interact together and have fun like that and almost make really uh, sarcastic jokes. Um, I thought was uh, pretty funny uh, of a scene. Yeah, no. And then like the chanting and like all this stuff, like she was really going at it. And then of course, that's when the neighbors decide to come over and make nice. <laughs> which by the way screw the neighbors no <laughs> but you know what i mean yeah they were getting unfairly blamed for you know what does she call them night crawling oh yeah 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 she but i like i like that she was uh she you know she's allowed to be nervous about all these things so it, it yeah. makes sense yeah it makes yeah sense. no absolutely but uh, billy's like no it's okay we're just like you everything's okay and they're yeah. like getting out of there so i just fast. i just love the way all of the guys were there together and they were having their comparative stories and it just it was such a scene it was such a good scene and it mm-hmm. was a little similar like you said how everything's tied into all the other things that are going on in the episode. Um, so it was great. Yeah, it was really, oh, I and mean, you're right. Gary got to come in, <laughs> more commotion. Yes. He, the amazing father that, you know, he kind of never really is. So I say, you know what? Sometimes you got to lie a little bit to make it work, I guess. Yes. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it, what's a little white lie, right? It's yeah. for the greater good, I don't know. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, he was definitely very appreciative for, you know, for all that Billy did. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the whole family was. And uh, then they start fighting with each other. So Billy is like, okay, cool, I'm out. Y'all are yeah. fine. <laughs> thank you. No, no, thank you. No, no, thank you. I was like, what the fuck? You know, uh, that's what I always say. The people that are grumpy and are mean, they have a lot of vulnerability back there. Don't don't think because someone's stern, they don't have a good heart. You know, that's what it is. That's true. Um, what did you think about the moment where Julie had to kind of cut off Marilyn and Rosie O'Donnell's character, Vanessa, was like, what's the worst that could happen? And then it caused this 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 kind of yeah. snowball where something did really, you know, something did I mean, I guess she got a heart attack. <laughs> yeah, no, she ends up in the hospital because, you know, it's the worst that can happen. And it's, it's it's so funny and it was so relatable for me because I feel like, you know, growing up, you know, in a Hispanic family, the way that I did, we grew up and were raised Catholic. So mm-hmm. there's always that Catholic guilt that our parents always used to throw at us, right, when we were younger. And so I feel like that's what it is. And that for me, you know, anytime I got like roped into doing something or asked to do something when it was along those similar lines of what Julie and Marilyn are going through, it was always those guilt trips. Oh, well, you're going to regret this and you're going to regret it when I'm gone and all these things that, you know, you hear from your parents. And then it would be just my luck at the time. I'm like, no, I would be in the same situation, like running to the hospital. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's interesting in the aspect of that happening to a 
ch- uh, well, not child, but Julie to mm-hmm. a parent, because I think in some ways we don't even realize this. Uh, I'm not a parent. And, and I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, there's got to be a time where our parents, I mean, I can't speak for you, but have had to let us sort of go too, rather than be the comforting, you know, let's say we're trying to extract, you know, that support or that right. uh, dependency. Um, you see it all the time. Parents have to make those hard decisions where they have to just like, you know, fly bird fly, you know, yeah. and you're going to go where you're going to go. But it's weird when it comes to the kid with the mother, you, you can feel just as odd, but then you start to like have all these calculations of like, I mean, I don't want to say anything like life's too short, but you know what I mean? You do, you do really think like, you know, I think there's been a couple uh, family gatherings in my family where one of the drunk uncles or drunk aunts or somebody, I'm not calling anyone drunk, but I'm saying like, there has probably been an occasion where somebody, you know, starts spouting something out and you're like, is it a cause of concern or they're a grown up, but like, you just, you just never know. And I thought, I think that's why I felt so bad for Julie because she tries to do it. And all of a sudden uh, the bottle calls <laughs> and then the yeah. bottle ends up getting a heart attack. <laughs> right. And it's just, you know, but then you look on the other side of that coin. Right. And it's like, is it really, it's annoying, but is it really going to hurt you? Go change the light bulbs out or pretend like you do it. Just appease whatever request she has. I mean, is it really going to kill you to do it? You know, you're right. I think what she should do though, is speak to the issue. Like if it's bugging you a little bit, say like, just like, like, like push back a little and then yes, always do every one of her tasks. That's easy. The problem is Julie doesn't ever want to talk about nothing. And then it starts building up and festering. And then, um, and then she <laughs> she causes her mom to get a heart attack. Right. But her mom herself didn't even want her to go into the hospital because she uh, she she just didn't want her there. <laughs> but then she's helping her, putting makeup on her and like helping her because they're so much alike in the push and pull of them. It's like fighting with yourself, which is so funny because they are so much alike in a lot of those ways that causes the friction, which I think is at the crux of their relationship. It was, it's, it's, it's also very hard to see where Julie, you know, uh, you know, I think the portrayal of the characters with like a 35 year old and like, you know, they're talking about the, you know, you know, oh, mom, when you're gone and, you know, stuff like that is like very real things you have to start thinking about or whatever. But it did become funny, though, because they're talking about, oh, this when you're gone, that when you're gone. And, oh, I don't, I would, I would never know what to do with myself when you're not here. I'd be miserable without you here. It'd be terrible if you weren't here. And then I think Marilyn sounded like she was going to be sincere, but she's like, oh yeah, it would be pretty, it would be pretty messed up if I was not here also. I agree. (laughs) You know, arrogant till the final uh, eyebrow, uh, you know, (laughs) set up, like just arrogant and confident and, and uh, a bit needy, but that's, that's what we love about her. Yeah, but they have those the the moment where they come together yelling at the you know the hospital neighbor. <laughs> right, because we may have our problems, but you're not gonna get into it. No, no, you <laughs> exactly. You, yeah, take a walk. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I loved it. What, yeah, yeah it's, it's just it's great. And everybody, you know, in this episode, it was like everybody needed a little something. Like mm-hmm. Nate needed his band and you know, Matthew needs the attention, uh, you know, back from the, the baby is taken away. And mm-hmm. you know, everybody kind of needs a little something, and that's what we got to see. And we got to see more of these other like at, you know, awesome, you know, guest stars that come on. And it was just it was just fun all the way around. And us as viewers, 
we got to say, when's the last time my code has been switched? <laughs> Which I pondered that question for some time. Not that, I mean, I'm good friends with Kelly, but I don't talk to her about those kinds of things. But I was wondering, I was like, I'm well, ready you for know a good switch. You know, you only use 10% of your, you know, things down, right? Is that what Lola yeah. said? That's what Lola said. Instead of 10% of your brain, it's 10%. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the vag has all the information. Oh, my goodness. Um, Call me when you want to be limitless. Yeah. Like, I'll take you there. Let's go. Um, they're a family. They're a family. Like, the diner's a family. I mean, Julia and, and Marilyn, of course, are a family. Bill, Billy's camaraderie with uh, Julie. It's just, it's so good. So, um, yeah, this was season three, episode three. Um, I felt good about it. And, um, of course, this episode is brought to you by Viridian Row. But I do want to shout out also, if you want to support me, 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 me. Uh, <laughs> oh, on the microphone, I have it brand new. Look at that. Um, just support me in general. It is uh, patreon.com slash randomly Ronnie Jr. I know Kelly loves it. It's, she can't stop raving about it, actually. I mean, I can't get enough. I mean, come on. Yeah. And by raving about it, it means I'm usually telling her about it. She's like, I've heard about the Patreon. Which <laughs> shut up. <laughs> no, Kelly's I love the Patreon. Everyone should definitely go and check it out and support the amazing Ronnie Jr. I mean, he does so many great things with this podcast and with all the other podcasts that he's a part of. So definitely check out, you know, his media page so you can listen to all the other fun conversations that he has that I don't get to participate in, but whatever. Yeah, but when the money's <laughs> coming in, we'll grab you for some more. I know you're a busy lady, okay? You're getting your switch or knocked down. So I'm gonna let you be Kelly. Uh, this was fun. We are freaking done fastest episode ever. I wish you uh, a good um, whatever you got going on in your life. And I'll talk to you again. Okay. Bye.